Certainly I don't anticipate being very long with this. I want to give you maybe a Memorial Weekend devotional here this morning. I don't know if I'll do a whole lot of preaching, but I want to give you a devotional along these lines for Memorial Weekend, Memorial Day weekend. And if there's any preaching done, we'll just glorify the Lord because He's the one that sends it anyway. But uh, I want to, right along the lines of what we're talking about this morning, about the God of yesterday who is still the God today. These three verses out of Exodus chapter 3, I've done so much preaching in this chapter, I dare not get started on any of the things in the previous verses because there's enough preaching to be done here that four hours in a 40-acre field would not be adequate to deal with this chapter of the Word of the Lord. And uh, I think I uh, preached about half of this chapter and for a whole week in Ohio back several years ago. And But we're going to, going to park on a phrase later in the chapter that I never got to while I was there. And so for Brother Donald and Brother Colt, we can just kind of pick up where we left off back about four or five years ago and uh, sort of uh, finish that thing out, I suppose. In Exodus chapter 3, if you're able and willing, I'd invite you to stand with us and we'll reverence the reading of the Word of the Lord. In Exodus chapter 3 and in verse number 13, I do want to say again, thank you to all of you that came during the revival meeting this week. It's a blessing to me. I'm always honored when you come and help us in the services wherever that I am. If you're able to come, that always encourages me. And especially this week encouraged me because it was a new church for me to be in in terms of I'd never been to that particular church before. I did know a good number of the people there. Uh, and uh, so I'm grateful for that. But I especially appreciate your help in those specific situations. Um, if you're going to if you're going to play on somebody else's field, it's nice when some of the home team fans come along with you. And uh, so I appreciate you being there and being a part of the meeting. Exodus three and verse number thirteen. The word of the Lord says, and Moses said unto God. Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, The God of your fathers hath sent me unto you, and they say unto me, What is his name? What shall I say unto them? And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am has sent me unto you. And God said moreover unto Moses, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, hath sent me unto you. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial unto all generations. You can be seated this morning. Thank you for standing with us while we read the Word of the Lord. Now, I want to preach if the Lord help me in a phrase that is in verse number 13, and again down in verse number 16 or 15, uh, uh, where the Word of the Lord says, or the Lord Himself says in the Word of the Lord, the God of your fathers, Moses asked the Lord, when I come and the children of Israel, and say unto them, say, uh, the God of your fathers has sent me unto you, uh, said, who's His name or what's His name? And then in verse number 15, the Lord said unto Moses, when you tell the children of Israel, the God of your fathers has sent me, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Jacob. I am that I am is His name. You tell them that I am has sent you. This is, of course, a familiar text in Exodus chapter 3. 
Moses has a scene, a bush of fire that will not be consumed. And God calls his name, draws him near, takes off his shoe, and sends him to Egypt to deliver the children of Israel from Pharaoh's hand. And that is the quickest summation of this chapter that I have ever given in my whole ministry. Because I can't get hung on any of those things. There is a message in the calling of his name, in the the bush of fire, the calling of his name, the drawing near, the taking off of the shoe and the sending to deliver. There's at least five full messages in those things alone. But in this the Lord has spoken unto Moses and Moses said, How shall I communicate with the children of Israel? What in the world am I going to tell them? Am I just going to show up down there and say, God sent me out of the wilderness while I was chasing my father-in-law's sheep trying to get them cows up that done got out and I'm going to just show up down there in the middle of that uh, most rich nation, the most prosperous nation on earth, and say to all the slaves in the whole nation, y'all four million people just follow me. I know where I'm going. God has showed up in the wilderness and sent me to you. And they start asking me questions. How will I answer them? How will I explain myself? How will I tell them? And listen, friend, that is especially a reasonable question for Moses to ask because he's a man who was raised in the schools of the Egyptian Pharaoh. He was expected, my friend, to know about all of the other gods of Egypt. He knew about Nihilus. He knew about the sun god, the river god. He knew about the god of the frogs and the locusts and the fire. He knew about all of the various gods in the land of Egypt. He knew about worshiping calves and idols and all these things. And he said, so when I show up down there and I tell them God has sent me, they're going to know that I'm familiar with all of these gods and they're going to want to know which God is it that has sent me. If I'm going to have an ounce of credibility with them, I'm going to have to be able to tell them about the Hebrew God. So, sir, what is your name, God? How am I supposed to tell them that the God of the Hebrews has sent me? How will they know that I have truly talked to the same God that they talk with? How will they truly know that I know the same God that they know. He said, you tell them that the God of your fathers has sent me. You tell them the I am that I am has sent you. You tell them that I am is my name. You tell them that the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob has sent you unto them. My friend, the I am has sent me. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And my friend, these two phrases, the God of your fathers, which is Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and in the I am that I am, God gives Abraham or gives Moses not only of the name of who he is and a way to communicate unto the children of Israel who he had spoken to, but he also sums up the reality of what and who God is. He's the God of our fathers. Amen. And he is the God of the now. Amen. He's the God who was, who is, and who is to come, the Almighty. He is the I am that I am. But He is also the God of our fathers. He's not some newfangled thing, nor is He some outdated concept, nor is He something that once was in the imagination of somebody else. But He's the God that always has been, the 
God who is and the God who always will be. And so when he said he's the God of our fathers and he's the I am, he reminds them that he has all power and always will be. He's the God of our fathers and he's the God of now. It's a great truth worth remembering. This is Memorial Day, Memorial Day weekend. We are nearing this day in which we are reminded of the sacrifices that have been paid and been given by soldiers and airmen and marines and other service members so that we might have the freedoms that we enjoy today. And I'm grateful for that. Some of you that are here this morning have served our country and served our in our military in some fashion. And I thank you for that, for your service. I thank you for doing what many of us have not done in giving a portion of your life in that regard. And I especially am grateful for those who gave the ultimate sacrifice that we might have the freedoms that we have today. And it's a time that we have set aside to look back and to remember and to memorialize what has been done so that we might be free, so that we might have liberty, so that we might not be in oppression or in bondage. And I'm going to say tonight or today if it is worth setting aside a day to memorialize and to look back on what a soldier has done, that we might have liberty and freedom, then surely it's worth us looking back to see what the sovereign has done, what the Savior has done, what the Spirit has done, that we might have liberty and that we might have freedom. We're free today in this greatest nation on God's green earth, not only because of the soldier, but primarily because of the Savior. It was the the Savior who blessed the work of the soldier. It was the Savior, my friend, who honored the efforts of our fathers that they might establish a beacon of freedom in this hemisphere where we might preach and declare the Word of the Lord without fear, my friend, of oppression. It is in this nation where God has seen fit. Now listen, you say what you want to about it. And our country is in a mess. My friend, we are in a great mess and it's a sinful land we live in. This nation has become exceedingly sinful before the Lord. But hear me, we still live in America that is the nation of Bibles. More Bibles in this country than anywhere else in the world. We still live in the nation of churches. If you don't want to go to church, if you're not going to church in the United States of America, it's likely because you don't want to go to church. There is opportunity. Every church ain't spirit-filled. Every church doesn't have a King James Bible. Every church is not worshiping and glorifying God like they should and magnifying the Lord. But there are churches in this land. And to that end, I am grateful. We're in the land of preachers. Amen. Preachers at church. Preachers on the street corner. Preachers on the radio. Preachers on the television. I know that all of them are not preaching right. But praise God, some are. And we are in a land of preachers. God has blessed our nation. The Lord has honored us. And listen, our nation, though we have departed from much of what we've been founded on, God still has His fingerprint. 
documents all over our founding documents. God still has His imprint all over our history and our past and our beginning. And I praise the Lord for that. How blessed is that nation, that people that is in such a case. Yea, blessed is the people whose God is the Lord. And my friend, even though it's not true for many, thank God that it is still printed on our, our pages of our money in God we trust. And it do us well to get back and actually do it again and trust in the Lord. Around these times like Memorial Day and Fourth of July, we sing many patriotic songs and hymns. One of them is the song God of our fathers. It's brought from the phrases of this chapter of the Word of God. In verse 13, when he says, The God of your fathers has sent me unto you. At verse number 15, The God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That song, God of our fathers, was written by Daniel C. Roberts, a Civil War soldier who became a minister. The song was composed for an Independence Day celebration in 1876. I was published in hymnals for the first time in 1892. And this is what it says. The God of our fathers whose almighty hand leads forth in beauty all the starry band of shining worlds in splendor throughout the skies. Our grateful songs before thy throne arise. Thy love divine hath led us in the past. In this free land with thee our lot is cast. Be thou our ruler, guardian, guide, and stay. Thy word, our law, thy pass, our chosen way. From war's alarm, from deadly pestilence, be thy strong arm, our ever sure defense. Have thy true religion in our hearts increase. Have thy bounteous goodness nourish us in peace. Refresh thy people on their toilsome way. Lead us from night to never-ending day. Fill all our lives with love and grace divine. And glory, laud, and praise be ever thine. I'm so thankful that we know something in this nation about the God of our fathers. Brother John talked about this morning in Sunday school how it seems to be the order of the day for men instead of magnifying the Lord to minimize the Lord to refuse and reject the Lord. Oh, but my friend, to reject God's place in the founding of our nation is fallacy and foolishness. The God of our fathers is the God of our nation. We were founded on Christian principles and founded my friend on the principles of the Bible. How the phrase God of our fathers and God of your fathers appears many times in the Old Testament. It was the way the Jews referred to Jehovah when they realized who my friend would give them help or sadly who they had forsaken when they went into idolatry. And we can relate to that with our Christian heritage in this country. And today we honor those who have given their lives to make us free. And we're thankful for their sacrifice and we recognize that it is God's blessings that we enjoy today. I'm 
grateful that my friend we know something about the God of our fathers. The reason why that we are here as a nation today is because of the God of our fathers. Abraham, my friend, Benjamin Franklin was never had a public testimony that he had been converted and came to know the Lord, but yet he was always interested in the blessings of God on what they did. He was quick to call men to prayer. He would travel hundreds of miles to hear George Whitfield preach in open fields and on the back of the board wagons. My friend, he was interested in those things. And our founders knew that God and His blessings were necessary. Whether it was Washington praying before the battle, my friend, or it was the Indians who said when they fired at him during the French and Indian War that they had shot with their best marksmen to my friend Mr. Washington that he was the general who God wouldn't let die. Oh, my friend, the Lord's hand has a being upon our nation. Jonathan Edwards and men of that time frame priests sinners in the hands of an angry God and the men who had played church and played religion and my friend played with God came to the reality that they were on their way to hell and that the Lord had to save them from their sin and from themselves and repented of their sin and they became men that were capable of being freed men you see until you know the truth they don't get free and whom the Son shall make free is free indeed and our liberty in our nation was birthed in the heart of the liberty of the men who came to know Christ. And my friend and God prepared our nation with a great awakening and a greater revival. And without that revival, we very likely never have a great revolution. We never have the freedoms we enjoy today. It's the God of our fathers that is to be credited, my friend, for all the good things that we enjoy. By the way, that ought not to be a sudden occurrence in us to realize that. And we ought to realize it from God's Word. Every good and perfect gift coming from above, from the Father of lights, in whom there is no variableness, and neither shadow of turning. The God of our fathers made all of this possible. I say praise God from whom all blessings flow. I praise His sweet name this morning. The God of our fathers has sent you Moses. And then I want you to notice this morning that not only do we see who He is, but we see who He sent. He sent Moses. Amen. The God of our fathers said, I'm going to get me a representative. I'm going to get me a man. Amen. This ought not to surprise us either. This is the order of God's nature. He sought for a man. One that would stand in the gap. One that would hedge up the gap. One that would stand on the wall, He said. My friend in Ezekiel, one that would be a watchman of the wall. One that would blow the trumpet. One that would announce unto the others when the enemy is coming. It ought not to surprise us that He got us a man. Even in the New Testament, my friend, the Lord had a man. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. Amen. And he was not that 
light, but he said, I came to bear witness of that light. That light that lighteth all men that cometh into the world. And by the way, when Jesus wanted a, or when God wanted a Savior, He said, I'll make me a man. I'm more precious than gold. I'll send my Son in the likeness of human flesh to condemn sin in the flesh. And my friends, so that we might have the righteousness of God in us. He got him a man. And by the way, when there needed to be some preaching done, you know what the Lord did? He got him a man. And it pleased the Lord by the foolishness of preaching. And it saved him that believe. And the Lord got him a man. The God of our fathers. And the Lord sent a man. And He still sends a man. He still sends a man, a woman, a boy, a girl, a witness, a person. Sometimes it's a little sore of purple from a creekside prayer meeting that turns a town upside down like he did with Lydia. Sometimes it's a woman who all she thought she was doing was drawing water to drink but left her pot at the well and went home with a well and converted Samaria. Sometimes it's a leper. My friend who thought he'd die if he stayed where he was but God fed the city with him. Sometimes it's a bald-headed, bow-legged preacher like Brother John talked about in the Sunday school time this morning. It may be you and it may be me that God chooses a person. He chooses humankind. He chooses him a man. And He sends him forth. And it's interesting, it does not say here that I'm the God of heaven and He is. He did not say here I'm the God of the stars, the moon, the heavens, and the skies, and He is. I'm the God of the rivers and of the seas. I'm the God of the waters and the land, and He is. I'm the God of all the animals and the trees. I'm my friend, and He is God over all of that. Then He said, I'm the God of your fathers. And I'm the I am that I am. In other words, as sure as I was your father's God, so also am I your God. I tell you, the animals never think that they're God over God. Those cows in the field never get to feeling that they're too big for God to tell them what to do to lift themselves up above God. A dog, a cat, a bird never comes to the place where he thinks he's above God. He doesn't even realize God exists. He's just looking for survival. That man has a way of elevating himself up. And the Lord reminds us in this passage that He's God and not man. That we're subject to Him, not Him does. That He's the Lord and we're His servants. He's the Savior and we're the ones that need Savior. He's God and we're the ones to worship Him. My friend, He sends the Word and we give the Word. He's the God of our fathers. And my friend, He's our God right now as well. Amen. Amen. And so God sends men. And I'm going to tell you what He does. I'm going to give you three or four things about how He sends these men. I'm quitting with my devotion. I want to say this morning that God sends men for definite purposes. It's not just something that God does, you know, sort of willy-nilly. It's not just something that God does carelessly or my friend out of habit or whatever. There's a definite purpose. 
when the Lord called Moses, he went through quite an ordeal. I mean, Moses had had 80 years to prepare him for this moment of interaction with the Lord. 40 years in, in, down in Egypt, 40 years in the wilderness. And my friend, now he's finally encountered God. And 80 years of experiences have brought him to this place where the Lord would meet with him out of a bush that was on fire, and yet it would not be consumed. What an amazing thing. How at all the strings that the Lord had to pull, and how buttons that He had to press, and how switches that He had to flip to get Moses out of just the right place where God wanted to deal with His life. And all of this was that God might see in Moses where He wanted him to be. How can I tell you here this morning? God sends people for definite purposes. It is no accident that you are where you are doing what you're doing here today. You're not here by happenstance or accident. You're not here, my friend, as just one of those things. It's not just a coincidence that you're seated at Truth Baptist Church in the house of the Lord this morning under the sound of the Gospel. Under God the Holy Ghost is talking to your heart. If the God of the fire is speaking to your soul this morning, you better count that as an important day. And a blessed event. Amen. Oh, my friend, God sends men for definite purposes. Here in our text, we read of His appearance to Moses. And He said not only that, He said, I'm the same God that was the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob. Amen. And just as surely as I appeared with a purpose to Abraham, appeared with a purpose to Isaac, appeared with a purpose to Jacob, I've appeared with a purpose to you, Moses. I'm going to tell those children down in Egypt, I'm going to appear in might and in power and in glory down in Egypt with a purpose to them. And surely this morning the Holy Ghost to heaven has in some way touched your heart in any manner this morning. You can say glory be to the name of God. The God of our fathers is the God of the now. And He has appeared with a purpose unto me. And He wants to do something real in my life. Oh, praise God. It shall be in thee that all the families of the earth shall be blessed. That's what He told Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And when Moses went back to Egypt and said, I'm the God of Abraham. I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob has sent me unto you. The God of your fathers has sent me unto you. That reminded God's people of God's blessings in the past and of God's promises in the future. And today when I tell you He's the God of our fathers and He's the God of the now, it all reminds you of what God has done and of what God has promised to do. And it ought to put my friend at ease all your fears as we're reminded that He is still God. God sends men for definite purposes. And this morning, my purpose in preaching to you is to remind you on this Memorial Day that even though it seems like our country has gone off the wrong direction, that God is still the God of our fathers. And He's the God of now. Amen. And you can still put your confidence and trust in Him. Amen. God sends men for definite purposes. God sends men for demonstrating power. 
power. God demonstrated His power over the forces of nature as well as the human body. God showed Moses that He was God over Moses' flesh. He was God over Moses' surroundings. He was God over Egypt. Amen. He showed Moses that He was God over His flesh by striking Moses with leprosy. And the Bible said Moses looked at his hand and his hand was leprous. And then He told Moses, put your hand back in your I coat and pull it back out and the leprosy was gone. And God showed Moses that He was God over His flesh. I do some of us well to remember this morning that He's God over the flesh. Amen. He's God over mine and He's God over yours. And He's God over all those that come against us. Amen. How many are those who won't recognize Him as God that there come a day when they will. Amen. Every knee's going to bow. Every tongue's going to confess that He is Lord of the glory of God the Father. He showed Moses He's God over the flesh with His hand in the leprosy. He showed Moses He was God over His surroundings, over His circumstance in the wilderness. And with a rod, He said, what is it that's in your hand? I've shown you what your hand is, how I got power over that. Now let me show you how I got power over what's in your hand. What is close by to you, Moses? He said it's a rod. Cast it down. He cast it down. It becomes a snake. He said now take it up again. That becomes a rod. I'm going to tell you he's not just God here. He's God all around me. Amen. He's God in my storm. He's God in my circumstance. He's a God in my stick. He's even God in that snake. Amen. He's God all around me. And he took the serpent up again. And then he shows him that he's God in Egypt. He shows up down in Egypt and he says, I put your rod out there towards that Nile River and turn all the water into blood. And God did what he said he would. And he turned the Nile River into blood. And Moses came to realize that God in him was not only the God around him, he was even the God in Egypt. I'm going to tell you, they didn't recognize Him. Pharaoh said, I don't know this God. I don't know His name. I'll not do what He said. But Moses found out whether any Egyptian ever knows Him or not. God's still God. Are you listening to me this morning? This whole world may have forgotten God. They may be saying, let's minimize God. Let's reject God. Oh, but I'm telling you, don't stop Him from being God. He's God if you ever believe Him or you don't. He's God in me, around me, and the whole world. God is God. The God of our fathers and the God of the now. He's God on the platform. He's God back at the door. He's God in the amen corner. He's God all over the floor. I know God is God. And God will never change. I know God is God and He always will be God. And my friend, He shows them these things to let Him know. I'm going to tell you, God sends us a man full of the Holy Ghost. And to let us know that God 
God is God. He sent Moses to Pharaoh and to the Hebrews to demonstrate His power. I believe He sent men of old iron and He sent to demonstrate His power. Men like Jonathan Edwards and George Whitfield and Dwight L. Moody and Billy Sunday and others have preached God's Word and generations were changed and the nation was changed. Even on a much smaller scale, there was a preacher in your life. There was a person, a parent, a friend who testified to the God of our fathers. And it was a message of power to you. Thank God for the testimonies of my mama in the living room and my daddy out there. I'm out there in the hayfield. And to hear the messages of my papa in the pulpit. And to watch my granny worship the Lord. Praise God for the folks around the house of God. That showed me what it was to love God, serve God, believe God, trust God. I'm so glad I know something about the God of our fathers. And surely He's my God too. And this morning you can think about that one. Some of you will remember the first person who ever told you Jesus. You can remember the first time the Holy Ghost ever made a sermon real in your heart. And God dealt with you. Some of you remember the thing that was said that provoked you to come to the altar and to give your heart over to the Lord. I'm so grateful for those things. God sends a man to demonstrate His power in us. And then I want to say God sends a man to declare His promises to us. In Deuteronomy 1, Moses, this same man called of God here in Exodus 3, reminded them about all that they had endured the last 40 years. Many of the hardships were their own fault, my friend. But others were tests of God or tests of their faith. And he reminded them of water that came out of the rock and manna that fell from heaven and a sea that parted. And all the soldiers of Pharaoh that drowned in the sea behind them. How that God had taken care of everything every need. Have a pillar of fire by day and a cloud by night. Or a cloud by day and a fire by night. Have it led them on their way. I'll praise His dear name. And He reminded them one more time that if they would determine to follow God, they'd be blessed and multiply exceedingly. God had given them a promise. He was the God of their fathers and the God of the now. He had made promises and kept them all and would keep them all. Be reminded of it today. The God of our fathers never changes. Yes, our nation is in a mess. But my friend, if we will humble ourselves and repent of our sins, oh God, help us and call upon the Lord, then He'll hear from heaven. He'll forgive our sins. He'll heal our land. He's still the God of our fathers and the God of the now. And if you'll seek the Lord, He'll be found of you. God sends men for declaring promises. I'm closing with this. God sends men for delivering prisoners. God sends men for delivering prisoners. 
whether it is the three Hebrew boys, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah that we preached about, Wednesday night delivered from the fiery furnace, Daniel delivered from a den of lions, Jonah delivered from a whale's belly, or the Hebrews delivered from Egypt at the Red Sea. The theme of the Old Testament is consistent. It is the saying of the delivering power of God. In the New Testament, the God of our fathers stays true to His theme of deliverance. Jesus said, I've come to deliver the captive. I've come to deliver prisoners from the bondage of sin. He delivered many during His ministry from physical ailments. He delivered them from blindness and from deafness and from being mute. He delivered them even from the grave. How when He called old Lazarus up out of the grave, He delivered them from their sin and their guilt and who they were and what they had done. He delivered them from demon possession. But the greatest deliverance He offered then and offers now has deliverance from eternal separation from God in a prison that's intended for the devil and his angels. And hell hath enlarged itself and the mouth of it is swallowing up many multitudes day after day after day. But even now the God of our fathers and the God of the now continues to deliver. He sends men to tell of it. Oh my friend, this is the message. And this is the moment of the ages. Hear me, friend. That's the message of yesterday, today. And forevermore, Jesus saves, Jesus saves, and Jesus saves, Jesus saves. I'm telling you, He can snatch out. I'm glad I've been saved from the flames of a dark, of my friend, a hot burning fire, delivered from the tempest as the waves grew high. I'm so glad I've been delivered. Hey, praise God, the only fire I'll ever feel is burning in my heart. You don't have to die lost and go to hell. The message of the ages is that Jesus still saves. And that's what He sent us to tell this lost, condemned world. Amen. Hear me this morning when I say the God of our fathers is not a Greek myth. He's not an Arabian terrorist. He's not a Chinese philosopher. He's not an Indian philanthropist. He is the one and only true God. You notice how I did that without ever mentioning their sorry names. The names of the false gods do not even deserve to roll forth from the lips of a person who knows the God of glory. The God of our fathers. He's the one and only God and He works through His Son Jesus Christ in this world. Hear me when I say this. I'm finishing with our conclusion today. Acts 4 and 12, the Word of the Lord says, There is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Jesus was sent for a definite purpose to demonstrate power, to declare promises, and most importantly, to deliver prisoners. Military men died for us to wave a flag of stars and bars and to enjoy liberty from government tyranny. But the Son of God died that we might have liberty from Satan and from eternal damnation. I'm asking you this morning, have you ever been set free from the prison of your sin and the pending judgment of God on your life? 
The God of our fathers is the God of the now. That He is able to make you free. Today I give glory to the Lord. Thank God for the soldier who laid down his life. But I thank God for the captain who gave up his life. Hear me, I'm not belittling the sacrifice of the soldier when I say this. I honor them. I thank God for them. Some of you have served in the military and you know what I'm saying is true. Not a soldier on the battlefield wanted to die. They died reluctantly. Nobody wants to run out there in the field and just get killed. They went out to war with knowing the reality that they could lose their lives. But they didn't go out there wanting to die. They didn't run out on the battlefield, throw all their armor down, and say, all right, here I am. Take my life from me. But they fought to try to live as long as they could and fight the battle so that we might be free. But our captain, not just a soldier, our captain went out on the battlefield with sin and was saved. And that whenever Peter took up the sword and tried to cut off Malchus here, he said, put that sword down now. He said, my kingdom is not of this whole world. And he took off his, and took off his battle gear. And he said, all right, here I am. And no man takes my life from me. Sing for us when you're ready. I am that I am has sent me the God of your fathers and the God of the now. Would you come? Do you this morning need to be saved? Oh, thank God for our freedom. Thank God for our liberty. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Thank God for our liberty. I wonder this morning if you're sure you're right with God. 
Do you know for sure you're saved? Oh, Lord, help us. Child of God, today are you untangling yourselves again from the yoke of bondage that is sin and wickedness. I need help from the Lord. He can help you today. Would you come and do business with God? If the Lord is dealing with your heart, would you come? Would you come? Would you come? Somebody need to pray, come do business with the Lord. But all through the blood. Some to great sorrow. Thank God for the God of our fathers and the God of the now. You're in oppression this morning. Egypt and Pharaoh, this whole world, just about all you can handle. The crack of the whip is on your life. You feel like you're stomping in a pit like those Hebrews did. Oh, you wonder how in the world you're ever going to get out of the mess you're in. The burdens of your life weigh heavy. Saint or sinner alike, I'd ask you to come. He's the God of our fathers and He's the God of the now. Would you come? Do you need to do business with God? Cast thy burden on the Lord. He'll not suffer your foot to be moved. If you need to pray, would you come? Would you be obedient to the Lord this morning? The God of our fathers is the God of the now. Now this is a common problem we have. We say we don't see how we're going to make it. I'm not the only one that's ever said that. Everybody in this building... Over and over in your life, you're thinking to yourself, I don't know how we're going to make it. I'm not real sure what we're making, just to tell you the truth. We say make it like it means something. We don't even know what that means. We don't even know what it is we want to make. I can't see how we're going to make it. I don't know how that the Lord's going to handle this. Why, this is just going to be the end. The door is closed and we're just not going to survive. But you know, this is a common circumstance. Same thing they said when Moses said, let's leave Egypt. They said, well, we can't get out of here. Before God got done, the Egyptians were giving them everything they got and begging them to leave. They got down to the Red Sea and they said, I don't see how we're going to make it. Pharaoh behind in the sea ahead. Moses said, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Raises that rod out, God parts the water, and they made it. Amen. They get out in the wilderness and said, I don't see how we're going to make it. We don't have anything to eat. And yet God opens the heaven and raises bread down on them. They get thirsty and said, I don't see how we're going to make it. And God splits the rock open, puts water out. Oh, my friend, you get to the place in your life and you say, I don't see how we're going to make it. Be reminded He's the God of our fathers and He's the God of the now. And He's still able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ever ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Yes. Not in the past, but in us. Yes. Unto Him be glory in the church. Amen.
That's wonderful, ain't it? I'm glad I know the Lord. Praise God. Well, looking forward to the service tonight. Lord willing, Brother Donald will be preaching for us this evening. I'm looking forward to that. I love to hear this man preach. He's been practicing up on saying worship correctly. He's been practicing up on it. He has to write it on his notes, W-U-R, instead of W-O-R, because if not, he'll say worship, sure as the world. But he's got it spelled right now, W-U-R, worship. And uh, instead of worship, he'll get it right tonight. I've got confidence in him. Hey, y'all, he wore a white shirt this morning. But Donald don't wear white shirts, and I don't hardly wear colored ones. And he wore a white one for me this morning, and I wore a colored one for him. That's how much we love one another. Amen. I wouldn't miss tonight if they was running a uh, uh, a marathon of gun smoke on TV land. Amen. Come on, be a part of the service at the house of God. And uh, then we'll, tomorrow night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, over to Arbor at 7 if you come. Please come. It'll be a good time in the house of the Lord. All right. I want you to fellowship with one another.